Do you want to make the world more sustainable? Do you need a pinch of inspiration to get you started? You came to the right place. Welcome to Sustainalize This, a podcast with inspiring stories on sustainability. Join Vincent and Ivo as they discuss the latest developments, interview inspiring people and explore all kinds of fascinating topics to help you create a sustainable future. And we're back again. Uh, once again, we're sitting in, uh, well, I'm sitting in Rotterdam. It's darker now. The clock has been turned back. Daylight savings is officially switched off. It's cold. It's really cold. Uh, the heating is on, but it's cozy. And uh, I'm back again together with uh, Evo this time. Shame on you, Vincent. I see no sweater. <laughs> <laughs> and you say it's cold. Am I right or not? There's a sweater on the couch. I turned the heater okay. on. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. No, you caught you caught me there again. Uh, true. It's getting yes. colder, and uh, the sweaters and heaters are out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah evening, everybody. Ivo here from uh, from Amsterdam. Also cold, dark, but uh, really enthusiastic about today because we're going to talk about hydrogen. Yes. Again. Again. Second time in a week. Yes. Yeah. And uh, last week you were uh, quite optimistic and enthusiastic about hydrogen. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to talk about hydrogen cars, yep. right? <laughs> and the antithesis is that I'm quite pessimistic about cars, hydrogen cars. In the, it's, but but it's, a, it's a touchy subject, especially for some. Yeah, I, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that is? Oh, where do I start? Okay, well, uh, yeah. let's start. With the positive, as always, yeah. we always start with a, with the <laughs> so positive, yeah. <laughs> and then it's downhill from there. No, no, really. <laughs> um, hydrogen cars, if you see them, well, at least I I never saw one uh, in real life. I also never really saw a hydrogen bus, uh, only in pictures. So I never seen a hydrogen car in real life, which also tells me something. But what I saw on pictures is that they, they were really cool, especially the uh, Toyota Hirai of Hirai or. Well, forgot the name, but it's the only model currently commercially available on the road. It's actually two. It's the Toyota Mirai and the Hyundai Nexo. Really cool looking car. And I think the, the concept cars are also really cool. And well, I'm an engineer, or that's my background. From a technical standpoint, these are really amazing vehicles. Um, quite a lot of engineering goes into them. I mean, hydrogen... Fuel cells are not really easy to make or manufacture and scalable. So it's really amazing job. Well done. But there are some things that really um, almost make me mad, that mm. grind my gears. I think it's reflected most in these numbers. Um, there are at the moment about 10 million plus fully electric vehicles on the road in the entire world, which is not much if you compare it to all the vehicles all the cars in the world but guess how many million hydrogen cars there are on the road oof um 10 million electric but hydrogen i would say maybe fifty (laughs) thousand. well that's almost exactly correct i believe it's uh 30,000 0.03 million that's that's 30,000 right yeah 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 in the it's entire world. Not a lot. No, yeah. no. And hydrogen is 
well, almost uh, as a, well, it's hydrogen as, as a means of propelling your car is almost as old, mm-hmm. as, old as electric. And it still hasn't caught on. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, hydrogen cars are even older than electric cars. According to automostory.com, the first hydrogen combustion vehicle was developed in 1807. That was 200 years ago almost. The first electric car was developed about a century later, at around 1880. But just because the technology exists longer doesn't mean it's better. Well, nevertheless, most automakers are now shifting towards all electric and some very vocally so. So let's check it out. But also uh, some German car manufacturers, especially Volkswagen, after the uh, Dieselgate, they really uh, turned the ship around. And I believe in 2018 or 2019, uh, there was actually a push, a very big push from Volkswagen to go fully electric on everything. Yeah. And talking about Tesla and Elon Musk, uh, Tesla, of course, uh, went full on with electric, but maybe uh, hydrogen needs an Elon Musk. Well, uh, Elon Musk would beg to differ, I think. Uh, yeah. He uh, actually called hydrogen cars mind-bogglingly stupid or staggeringly dumb, uh, <laughs> or maybe both. Um, and, uh, you know, I've never met the man, but of course, seen uh, enough uh, pictures, read the biography, pictures of me moving movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really, well, I, I kind of admire him, although he's probably a very hard man to work with. Um, but he explains it uh, pretty well, and I think most physicists could explain this to you. Hydrogen cars, um, not necessarily the cars themselves, but over the supply chain, are just greatly inefficient. You mm-hmm. produce hydrogen with electricity, or if we're talking about green hydrogen here, generally speaking, in the, in our podcast, yeah. you need electricity to build to make hydrogen. That hydrogen is then converted back into electricity with a lot of losses, and you need to transport the hydrogen. If there's one thing you don't want to do with hydrogen, is transport it and store it. Generally speaking, because it's such, uh, uh, it's the lightest element there is, so it uh, tends to escape. Uh, it's really hard to store, uh, generally. So if you look at overall efficiency in the supply chain of cars, then probably you end up with an efficiency of about, um, well, I have some figures here in front of me, 68% for hydrogen, which is almost as close as uh, just uh, petrol cars, which is 55% overall. That doesn't sound too bad then, right? No, but electric uh fuel efficiency, fuel production efficiency, then we're, we end up with about 94%. Well, okay. So but when we compare hydrogen to fossil fuel... To produce it? No, yeah. yeah. It's, it's roughly not that bad? That's, well, that's well, to, yeah, yeah, okay. It depends <laughs> how you compare. 55% and 68%. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not a big a difference. Yeah. But then going when you put it in your vehicle... So then all the way to to the wheels, the energy from uh, actual actual production of the uh, fuel to the to the wheels. Mm-hmm. With uh, direct electrification, you end up, let's say, around 77%. So 77% of the energy that you produce initially uh, ends up on the road in your wheels. And for hydrogen, that's about 33%. Uh, and for fossil fuels, you're talking about 16, maybe 20%. But is there also then a big conversion loss when 
the hydrogen actually enters the car and tries to drive the car? Yeah, the uh, generally there's a 50%, roughly, a rule of thumb, 50% uh, conversion loss from uh, hydrogen to electricity. But that... This is where uh, we should invite experts to our podcast because there's a lot of difference in fuel cells, fuel cell technologies. You have new kinds of fuel cells coming up. So yeah. that efficiency can go up, but there's a physical limit actually to the conversion. Ah. You, you simply, um, you need an X amount of energy, electrical energy, put it in water, and then you get a certain amount of hydrogen. That's, that's sort of a fixed constant. So there's a fixed amount of energy you need to put into water in order to make hydrogen. And it's roughly the same going the other way around. So with one X amount of hydrogen, there is a maximum amount of electricity you can make. That's that's the same as if you burn an X amount of fuel, uh, a liter of fuel. You get an X amount of maximum energy out of it. But, oh, okay. But in your battery, you simply have your converter and your frequency losses. But the, en- the, el- the chemical electrical energy is sort of, there's way less efficiencies uh, lost there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was a big number dump. The gist is that hydrogen cars are a lot less efficient than the petrol and electric cars. And even when they get more efficient, there's a limit as to how much more efficient they can get. This fact is key in energy transition. That's also why I personally believe that everything will, in the end, tend towards electrification. Because there, your efficiency losses if everything is electrical, are just uh, virtually non-existent. And virtually non-existent to an engineer, that means about 5%. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, yeah. And you talked about the supply chain of hydrogen. Can you walk us through the supply chain of an electric car then? Oh, yeah. Personally, uh, I have, uh, I wouldn't say no clue, but very little clue. Um, mm-hmm. Let's look at the numbers. Or maybe, you know what, we're going to put them in an, uh, in an intermezzo. But I know that um, there are roughly four hydrogen fuel stations in the Netherlands. Or maybe not even. And there are a few, uh, a few more being built at the moment or would have been built. But they weren't really built. They were delayed. And there's a lot more in uh, Germany, like I'd say dozens. And they're the same order of magnitude in the US as far as I know. But all in all, for a consumer, it's really hard to get your hydrogen. Actually, yeah. not only as a consumer, I once tried to order some hydrogen from uh, one of two very big companies. You have uh, Air Liquide and uh, another one. Oh, man. A good thing we have Intermezzos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, but you can uh, order hydrogen gas from them. It took us about a few weeks to get it in... Uh, sort of liquid, non-liquid in um, containers, pressurized containers. Oh boy, sometimes I get so excited I forget to stop talking. Anyways, what I was trying to say was the following. According to Statista, there are 90 hydrogen fuel stations for road vehicles in Germany, 46 in the US and 5 in the Netherlands. This is of course not enough, and such a low supply of hydrogen will lead to less demand for it. This is a common problem in economics, of which the official designation is chicken and egg problem. Really. Okay, but that also sounds like a chicken and the egg problem. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was sort of solved for electrical cars. 
Yeah, exactly. But, but let's first start at the egg for hydrogen. Uh, you need yeah. energy or fossil fuels. Um, you either produce gray hydrogen from fossil fuels or you use a lot of energy to produce green hydrogen. Well, let's say mm -hmm. we have green hydrogen. So first we need electricity, make green hydrogen. That needs to be transported to your fuel stations, same as with yeah. the regular fossil fuels. And then it just goes into your, uh, your car. And then you have the conversion loss. And then you have the conversion loss in your car. In in your car. Yeah. 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 That doesn't sound too attractive. I agree. From a physical standpoint, I mean, mm -hmm. again, going back to the positive side, the cars are real cool, and um, if you are able to make hydrogen really cheap, then maybe it could compete with electric cars. Maybe, and I'm saying maybe because you still have batteries in a hydrogen car. You still mm -hmm. have rare earth metals like palladium in your fuel cell, which are expensive. So you still have uh, thousands of moving parts in your car and in your, uh, in your hydrogen car. Whereas in a fully electric car, like the, the Tesla models, they have a few hundred moving parts. So way less prone generally to... Um, breaking down, even though I heard a lot of stories about Tesla's breaking down very easily. I've actually mm -hmm. read a story about that <laughs> they shipped the, uh, the worst models to the Netherlands and uh, externally outside of the US and the US gets uh, the better models. But I, I can't confirm that story. That's just people <laughs> urban, talking. Yeah, I think urban so. Urban legend. <laughs> urban legend. <laughs> with maybe, I mean, they don't have a, a large history with, um, producing cars tesla compared to other more legacy car manufacturers yeah, yeah. So, so maybe... sorry but i lost you for one second so mm -hmm. are there less rare earths needed for hydrogen engines no or more oh no excellent question um roughly th this is something we could up, uh, look up but roughly i'd say the same because you still need a battery for hydrogen fuel cell cars because you uh, fuel cell cars, they tend to, um, depends on the, on the fuel cell, but they don't really work well if you have uh, f sh um, shifting loads. So high power, low power, high power, low power. Batteries are, or converters, they generally handle those loads pretty well. But hydrogen fuel cells like to have a constant load. They, they do work well also with lower loads, but uh, the dynamic loading uh, is different. So they still need some kind of chemical energy storage so you still need a battery and in the fuel cells in the hydrogen fuel cells in which the hydrogen is converted to electricity you still have rare earth metals so there's the palladium and the sheets of rare earth metals those are the ones helping to transform hydrogen into uh, um, water in order to get electricity okay yeah so so in that sense, the components for a hydrogen fuel cell are way more expensive because there are simply a lot more components. Mm -hmm. So that so, ma makes a hydrogen car generally more expensive than a fully yeah, electric. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's getting uh, harder and harder for me to make a good business case for uh, for hydrogen. And in, you said that Toyota makes hydrogen cars? Yeah, they're actually, the, uh, as far as I can tell, the only ones. Um, that have commercially available hydrogen cars, I should say. There, there are plenty of other companies out there that are also working on uh, hydrogen cars. Yeah. And 
Toyota is then in uh, like uh, petrol cars, electric and hydrogen. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's not putting all your eggs in one basket, but it's also a risky strategy, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. So Toyota is making petrol cars, hydrogen cars, and electric cars. Uh, as far as I can tell, they're, they're doing hybrid uh, and also working on some fully electric cars, but uh, mostly focusing on um, hybrid and hydrogen and still a little bit of petrol, petrol etc. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult for me to understand why almost all uh, car producers um, don't believe in hydrogen, but Toyota does. It is really weird. Are we missing statement... something? No, could could be. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're never the experts in that sense. <laughs> but uh, even experts in the industry are saying things like um, Toyota has gone from a leading position to an industry laggard. Um, so I'm I'm reading this from the article that we uh, made about this about hydrogen cars, mm-hmm. and they also state that it's really weird that. Toyota, who actually started in a way the electric shift, uh, the electric car shift with their Toyota Prius, or more than ten years ago, um, and that they now have almost a um, demoralizing, well, not really demoralizing, that they're kind of pushing back against regulations for electrification. So the only ones really, actually, that have lobbyists that push back against. Uh, electrification of cars apparently even though all the large german car manufacturers are except for a bmw are really pushing towards electrification no it's yeah it sounds again like the sort of the investor's dilemma which we discussed uh in last week's episode oh that 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 could simply be it yeah yeah or um yeah and the law of the uh Handicap of a head start, maybe. What's that? It's in Dutch we say the wet van de remmende voorsprong. When you already made progress in in one field, maybe a hybrid, uh, you already spend a lot of money in hybrid engines and then you say, oh, don't know if you have enough R&D and capacity to make fully electric or fully hydrogen uh, vehicles. So we already have like one hand occupied with one thing. So you have one hand left to do the other. Right. So then maybe some focus would also be uh, beneficial. Yeah. For example, in, in the Netherlands, in I believe it was the 16th century, we had a peak or teak. Tear. Like wood, teak? Oh, peat. Peat. Yeah. yeah. Peat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peat. And uh, our machines were built around peat. But yeah. then coal came and all our machines were already running on peat and coal was much more efficient back then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we were sort of trapped mm. in our own head start. We were the Toyota of the 1600s. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, if you do, if you have so much invested in those kinds of technologies... Yeah, then maybe you would also, uh, well, I wouldn't say necessarily try, try to block others, but maybe some people do. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But but then again, do you think they can uh, stop 
the move towards electric? No, I think that's uh, that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I totally agree. Yeah. The, well, the only reason I hinted at it before. Um, the only re- well, the only reason I think the only way for hydrogen in that sense to win, quote unquote, because uh, there is no real loser here. If everybody's driving hyd- driving hydrogen cars, the only one that's uh, sort of losing are we because we made a kind of a different <laughs> prediction. But that's not really losing because pretty cool cars. Mm-hmm. Um, though the only way for them to win in that sense is if they get cheaper. Which is, like I said before, I really don't see that happening. Not just because the cars are more expensive, but because you need electricity to create green hydrogen. And that green hydrogen is then transformed into electricity with 50% losses. Well, if you generate that electricity and put it in a a car, you only have 5% losses. So in that sense, your fuel cost for hydrogen will be twice as high always, even in the cheapest form of hydrogen there is, physically possible compared to electric energy. So then there's, there's, there's no way to compete with that. Yeah. Or or you're sort of, uh, as, a, as a big company, like what the Rockefeller did, you're going to uh, give it under the price. So actually cheaper, sort of um, compete electric cars away, but then you need to make electric cars cheaper, sell them for less than that, what they are really worth to the public so that everybody gets electric uh, hydrogen cars and then shift i don't know yeah. i don't know how that will work but still Difficult that's the only case. thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there is of course another uh type of vehicle on land that could potentially i don't I'd still there, there's a bigger chance that they could win in that sense but still i don't really see them winning but they could win which one do you think it is uh, and it's not electric or hydrogen. Uh, no, yeah, no, it's it's a hydrogen something, not electric something, that could win from electric on land uh, in terms of transport. It's not a plane. It's not a boat. Train, hyperloop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, trick question they, is those trick. Uh, yeah, you know. Help me out. Those turn. It's trucks. It's trucks. Ah. Yeah. So very big vehicles, mm-hmm. very big land land trucks, and uh, yeah, I gotta say I'm a really big fan of the uh, cyberpunk truck truck that uh, is currently being developed by Tesla. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about semi trucks, so for transporting goods. The big, uh, the big, big ones of miles, the very big ones. Yeah, I still believe that those are also very suitable f- to being electrified. That's something our listeners will find interesting, I guess, because I yeah. immediately imagine a very big battery pack. The huge. Um, let's see. We're talking about. Uh, I'm going to help Vincent out here. The battery pack in the new Tesla semi truck will be 500 kilowatt hours. So very big battery packs compared to uh, not even regular cars, but generally you need a lot of energy to move these kind of trucks. But then again, most trucks only drive a few hundred uh, kilometers or a few hundred miles. 
even in uh, the US and in Canada, that those kind of reasons uh, regions, most trucks don't really generally drive that far. Hmm. And then they usually go to another distribution center where they are being unloaded. And that usually takes half an hour, hour, maybe more. So you have a lot of pit stops for trucks in which they can recharge themselves. And even more than uh, personal cars, trucks are led by only one thing, the operating costs per mile. And what Mm -hmm. Tesla is claiming now uh, is Uh, $1.26 for a mile driving an electric semi-truck. And currently that's about $1.51 a mile for a competitive diesel truck. Is this at the moment or in the future? Yeah, yeah actually, uh, if you if you Google them or YouTube them, uh, I, I've seen the movies of Tesla semi-trucks driving around Teslas uh, to their shipping centers. It's actually, uh, it looks really, really cool. These are, of course, um, not yet commercially available on a big scale. They're now sort of tested and prototyped. So it could be that something comes out of the trial and they're going to be a lot more expensive. But these are figures that have been published in uh, Tesla shareholder meetings. Mm -hmm. So these are already very much scrutinized because if they fail to reach these quotas, that will, uh, you're sort of um, committing fraud, you know, in a corporate fraud. Could could be that they pick it up like that. So these, (laughs) whether or not it's gonna, it's not gonna be one point twenty six. It's never gonna be that exact number, but it's in all likelihood gonna be less to a lot less per mile compared to regular competitive diesel trucks. Yeah. If that's the case, and that's also what Tesla says, you're losing money if you're not driving a Tesla truck as a shipping company. That sounds like a business case. Yeah, and that would be $200,000 per truck on a company's uh, balance sheet. I just I just looked it up. It looks also kind of cool. It's really Tesla futuristic. Semi. Yeah. yeah, I put some uh, photos in the uh, blog that we wrote about it. And you can, uh, there are some links there. It's, it's I don't Sounds even know how they, how they pulled this one off, but if this is going to be what they say it is, it will change. <laughs> Now, not the world, but some people's worlds <laughs> and minds. Yeah. It's really cool. Really cool stuff. And also there, going back to the comparison with uh, hydrogen, there was another company called uh, Nikola. That was in the news uh, recently because they were making hydrogen trucks and they were boasting that uh, electric trucks uh, would never work because of mileage, whatever. Mm-hmm. And apparently they have been lying to... Uh, the shareholders and the public for two years almost and the CEO was in some kind of uh, debacle I don't know what but the company has uh, pretty much uh, at the moment imploded and uh, it seems that the hydrogen trucks are uh, being struck with quite a heavy uh, heavy blow uh, development there has halted for a bit at least there were billions being poured into that company and now that's uh, mostly gone mm. yeah So the story there is as follows. The founder of Nikola Corporation, Milton Fried, has been arrested on securities fraud charges, alleging he made false and misleading statements to investors about the electric and hydrogen powered truck startup. He had to pay $100 million in bail and pleaded not guilty. 
And as far as I can tell, that story is still in development, but Nikola's stock price has been hit hard. It went from almost $65 last year June to roughly $15 a year later. So, well, let's see what the future holds for hydrogen trucks, and let's wrap it up for now. So, to wrap it up, um, in my opinion, hydrogen cars are really cool from, uh, not just my opinion, a lot of people think they're really cool. Technical standpoints, they're uh, marvels of engineering, really. Their energy efficiency, however, are so low compared to direct electrification that it's really hard to defend them on a physical standpoint, in terms of energy efficiency. Also from a commercial standpoint, what you have as a hydrogen car is actually an electric car with a small battery pack, but you put an extra fuel cell and a very expensive storage tank for hydrogen on top with a lot of other kinds of regulators. So also there, it doesn't really make sense to go for hydrogen, purely technical. Costs probably will always be a lot bigger unless new extreme breakthroughs are being made in hydrogen. Still, you would be left with the fact that in order to produce green hydrogen, you need electricity. And why put that electricity into hydrogen and put it back into electricity if you can just put it directly into your car? Limits to growth. <laughs> Limits to growth. Yeah. Some um, some people say the Dutchies are uh, quite direct, so I will be that blunt. <laughs> yeah. Nay, nay for hydrogen cars, yay for electric cars. Uh, Generally, there's always niches, but generally, yes. But hydrogen is going to win in different uh, regions. And, and we said it uh, last episode as well. Hydrogen is key in the energy transition. People mm -hmm. are just jamming the key into the wrong locks. What I yeah. believe hydrogen can be used for perfectly is feedstock for chemicals, industrial processes, and maybe specialized fuels. For example, in aviation or shipping, there are some areas mm -hmm. there. Not, not all, but some that uh, could make use of uh, hydrogen. Maybe it could be used for energy storage or urban niches, like a grid buffering, balancing, uh, some say seasonal storage. I, mm, I think other things, I don't think that's necessary. And maybe very large buildings uh, could maybe use some forms of hydrogen or hydrogen related products. But for land-based transportation and low heating purposes, like in your um, heating kettle, no. I, I just don't see that happening commercially, technically. But I mean, some people are just so in love with hydrogen that they just, they do everything to get it. And they're willing to pay the price. And I mean, if, if, if you, be my guest. Cool. No. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your uh, somewhat positive story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would like to say also, um, if you want to read more about this, go to Mr. Sustainability. Mr. Sustainability.com and look one. for hydrogen cars, smart or dumb. Yeah. You kind of know the gist now, but um, really looking forward to your opinions on this article Vincent wrote. Yeah, let us know what you think about uh, and if you agree or not. Yes. Show us Have well a nice evening. Well. Yeah, you as well, Ivo. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the entire show. You are awesome. Did you get inspired? Share this show with a friend. Just one best friend. That's all we ask. 
Do you want to do more than sharing? Check out our support page on mrsustainability.com and share your story. That's mr-sustainability.com. Good luck saving the world. And remember, have fun out there. <laughs>